Hey guys, I'm Cohen. And I'm Shannon, and welcome back to the Brown Expats. Hey guys, welcome back to Impossible. Oh, I'm sorry. Welcome back to the Brown Expats. And hey, today, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're gonna be uh, doing a book versus movie episode. Our first yes, one, our course. brand new segment. Welcome, welcome, guys. Welcome to this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the segment. Uh, today's topic is Shannon. Drum roll, please. The Great Gatsby. I mean, you've already read it. On the, you know, the title, because that's why you clicked on this episode, but, <laughs> yep, you know, yep. why not? <laughs> why not? Okay, yeah, Shannon, guys, so we know, over to you. Yeah, so basically, book versus movie is this whole, I'll, like, kind of explain the segment before we get into the actual thing. Book versus movie is basically, um, I'm more of the book, because I'm a very big literary geek, and, and Cohen the is movie. the movie. Yeah. But, and also I am to be honest because like who nah. doesn't love movies nah. but <laughs> <laughs> but yes um book versus movie is basically we're going to talk about a book that has been converted into a movie or vice versa and just you know see what the differences are how each of them are important and um yeah that's that's uh, pretty much it I've never heard of a movie being converted into a book cuz you said vice versa and I was like Really? I there I feel like there have been a couple of like I can't think of any off the top top of my head, but I have like I know for a fact there are quite a few books. Really? Yes. I, oh, okay. I think. Wait. I think. I think I know what you mean. You know, because I've seen mm-hmm. some of the books with the uh, cover page um, from like you know from the movie this or something like that. So I think. Yeah. Well, there's all. That's also a different th- type of thing. That once the movie is released, they change the cover. Like new publications of the book are uh with the movie cover yeah. but then there's also like literally movies uh, converted movies books. that are converted into books yeah yeah Damn. It, uh, probably like an no i i can't get any on the top of my did you know any i think there's um a space odyssey oh okay That's yeah one yeah of yeah them. i've heard i'm trying to i'm trying to look them up right now but i can't Oh, apparently Back to the Future was converted into a book. That's exciting. Damn, I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, I can see. Yeah, oh the my. 2001 a Space Odyssey love story, which is a Home Alone was converted into a book. Independence Day, The Mummy. Alien. I've heard of this movie. Wow. wow. E.T.? Sixth Sense. The E.T.? Was E.T., con- yes. Was converted to a book? Damn. I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. Well, that's uh, phenomenal. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about The Great Gatsby. So, um, for anyone who wants to know the technicalities, uh, it was written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And the movie explores mood themes such as parties, opulence, infidelity, racism, etc. Old sport. The book is... (laughs) Old sport. (laughs) Yeah, why don't we like... uh, do a countdown of how many times he says that yeah. in the movie. Anyways, the book is a tragic love story, but it's most commonly understood as a pessimistic critique of the American dream. And it is set in the 1920s. Uh, it's complete havoc, disparity among social classes, and wild parties. Jay Gatsby, who's an underprivileged 
and lowly man overcomes his past to gain incredible amounts of wealth and social opulence, but he's rejected by the old money cluster. Now, guys, Gatsby is played by, you know, our very own super attractive Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Yes. Yes. <laughs> one of my favorite actors. I always aspired. Oh, yeah, I have to say. Uh, Ever since, one of you them. know, Titanic or even before that, I don't even know. I think Johnny Depp and uh, DiCaprio was like top tier actors back in the day. Like actors yeah, you would yeah. like aspire to like be or even or just like to watch all of their movies. And I remember my dad just getting all the, their movies and just watching them on DVD back then. Do you think do you think uh, DiCaprio is a bit of an underdog similar to Matt Damon or? I've, you know, since he got his first uh, Oscar very recently. The Revenant. The yeah. Revenant for the yeah for his performance. It was so in the upsetting. Revenant. Like he didn't get it for uh, Gatsby. He for didn't get Titanic. it for Titanic. Uh, so was, like so many other movies, even Roma and Juliet. I, I remember uh, Joaquin Phoenix when he got his Oscar. He always said that you know there was always this one actor that kept taking our uh, role in movies, and it was DiCaprio. And you know DiCaprio was in the audience, and he was like. Haha, yeah, I finally got my Oscar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just one though. <laughs> it's like much awaited, much awaited. Much awaited. Yeah. People, people were really pissed when he was like getting nominated for all these Oscars and never mm-hmm. won. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Meryl Streep, on the other hand, like just gets nominated and gets a bunch of Oscars. Like, I understand that her acting's good, but, like, come on. I mean, <laughs> I think uh, male actors, like, the maximum number of Oscars guy has won is, like, four, I guess. And I don't... I forgot his name. Wow. Some random wow. guy, like, acting in <laughs> oh, movies God. I've never heard of. And I was like, what, <laughs> what do you get? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but there are, like, other actors, say, for example, Rami Malek, who is a true, true artist, which, you know, like, he... Many people don't know about him, but like when you talk about true like theater acting and that kind of thing, he's he's a maestro. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, coming back to the book, um, yeah, I kind of mentioned the American dream. What are your thoughts on that? Like, did you did you evidently see that theme in the book or the American dream? I did see so it. Should we should we, we kind of define what the American dream is? Mansions, parties, girls. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, in a sense. Um, a, uh, you know, I think job security. Yeah, I feel it's more of making it big, and that can be or like attaining what you wish for. Yeah, I think I, I think it I is what yeah, I feel yeah. the is what I feel the meaning is. Yeah. And agree, how did you see this played out in the in the movie? Yeah, I do agree. Um, I think, I think, um, the fact that they just, like, started off the movie by just showing, like, uh, how everyone's living, they got their cars, they got the, they got their, you know, their, they got the money for to do, like, whatever they want to on, on the weekends, and they also do, like, a really respectful, uh, job at the same time, and that's what everyone, like, wants to do when they move to the U.S., I think mm-hmm. immigrants want yeah. that the most because they see all these movies and they're like, damn, oh, yeah. I want to like yeah. live this life. Mm-hmm. And then they come there and they work like six jobs and still don't have enough money to pay off the mortgage. And it's like... Yeah, all the Indians working in Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you know... Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll tell you why immigrants move to the US. A person that works as an engineer in India 
makes less than a manager at an in an out burger oh wow and a, wow. a manager at the in and out burger makes 110k dollars a year while an indian engineer makes mm-hmm. uh wait if i if i don't 55k a year oh my my yeah yeah and and that's and that's mid career not even starting off oh wow so <laughs> wow that's crazy that's yeah. really low Mm-hmm. So I would rather work at Wendy's or an in out in the US rather than being an engineer in <laughs> India and that's one of the reasons why I just <laughs> yeah, want to yeah, you know yeah. move out But it, it's a struggle like when we saw even in Gatsby's um old life like this is what so you know I I really think about this very deeply also cuz I've literally um I think I've studied this book 3 times in three different classes three different English classes so I've like really thought about this and I feel like the so the American dream as we defined it is was all about discovery individual individualism and pursuit of happiness is how I like to say it mm-hmm. and Gatsby kind of in a sense he depicts the decaying of the American dream like he symbolizes both corrupted and uncorrupted versions so corrupted in the sense that you know wealth and he's he's motivated by that um but at the same time uncorrupted in the sense that you know um he has this love for daisy right mm-hmm. that's like kind of yeah. that's his american dream i would say yeah and that I like agree. all of the wealth everything that he does is all for daisy yeah. but then there's things like the value of ashes uh wilson's um uh, garage and that kind of thing shows america's obsession with wealth that like there are these the whole value of ashes which is such a dark theme you know in the book mm-hmm. i agree yeah but i i feel like daisy is intrinsically gatsby's american dream as we can put it you know um it's just really sad when i watched like the movie obviously i've read the book like when i had like an english class many years mm-hmm. ago oh i think i just picked it up <laughs> in the library but i didn't remember it until like you know you told me to watch the movie again and i was like wait i th- i remember what happens and i obviously don't want to spoil the ending for people who yeah, haven't watched yeah. the movie but i was like shalan does this happen and then he was and he was like hey yo you spoiled it for uh, another friend we were watching it with yeah and i was like <laughs> it was so cuz cuz it all came back to me and i was like oh all right i watched this movie Also not to boast or anything but can we address the fact that I like I was so excited for book versus movie of course the whole segment yeah. uh but also like watching this movie and you were kind of like not the most excited not that like ready for it and you were like yeah I mean it's going to be all right and then when you watched the movie wasn't it just amazing like didn't it blow your mind away Well yeah it it did it did obviously uh Leonardo DiCaprio you cannot deny his acting exactly. was phenomenal <laughs> um throughout the movie i think even though it was i think it was a 2013 movie and even though like the yes, book was so. written ages ago um the whole um the not only the acting the mm-hmm. directing of the movie the whole shots that they had of the house uh the parties um even they're, such, they're so vibrant like yeah, the way the colors were well, oh, just yeah, which is beautiful and i was like mm-hmm. i was watching it on my tv um and i was like wow you know mm-hmm. doing yeah. d- uh, you know capturing that uh, moment that happened many years ago yes, uh, into yes. modern cinema was just 
Amazing. It truly captures the essence of the 1920s is is exactly what I would say. So yeah. Putting it into color cuz it's cuz I w- I I would think like Great Gatsby would be more of a black and white movie that they would have adapted yeah, many years yeah. ago, but I don't think they got around doing it. But I think um uh, the weight was like, you know, it was it was well it was well put in the 20th century cuz you know they could have all these colors and mm-hmm. these amazing directing. Oh yeah, it was extra it was extravagant, beautiful scenery like amazing, oh, an amazing just, budget cuz you know oh, yeah. we obviously will start talking about the green light which uh later on we we'll, you know ask <laughs> of course <laughs> ask each other that's a must <laughs> what it symbolizes and yeah. i think if it wasn't a black and white movie we would just see like a light shining over there and that would not be the green light that uh-huh. you know the audience would enjoy looking at and be like oh okay what does this mean some random light it would just be a white dis- light if it was yeah. black and white movie <laughs> yeah some random white light just shining yeah. from the distance and them just looking at it and it's exactly. like exactly Yo, this is not fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say while other movies um, definitely do a good job in black and white, like hopefully I'm planning to do this. Uh, it's I don't know if you'll necessarily enjoy this movie, but um, hopefully if we can do To Kill a Mockingbird uh, in the future, um, that's a black and white movie. Is it? We'll is like, it uh, the detective? Uh, is it about a detective? Uh, no, it's about Alfred a, Hitchcock. Well, no, no, no. It's a. It's actually about a lawyer who defends a, a white lawyer, um, who defends um his black client who is accused of uh, rape, but the uh, the man hasn't done it, uh, and it's just the story from uh, kids' perspective, uh, his kids' perspective. So yeah. Damn. You you know it's... you know when um I was reading the book actually you know after we watched the movie I actually read the book again, um. Uh, and um i kind of you know was i wanted to pick up on this fact cuz mm-hmm. the narrator we know is uh nick carraway and yeah. um when i read the book and i was and when he was describing gatsby uh this sort of guy who is you know has everything who throws these random parties and no one has ever met him mm-hmm. until one day he gets an invitation from him to attend one of his parties it yeah. got me thinking what if what if Nick Carraway is just is Jay Gatsby but it's his alter ego? Oh my. Cuz the that's, way um, cuz the way he That's a bit weird though because of his cousin. No, I I get thing. I get that you know his cousin <laughs> Daisy uh yeah. you know was in love with Jay Gatsby and stuff. But what if he didn't he kind of wanted to talk about himself but he also wanted to make himself you know relatable to the situation so he put himself in a third person uh, sort of context and said okay so Jay Gatsby was in love with my cousin Daisy but he never had mm-hmm. a cousin Daisy Daisy was always his one true love but and Jay Gatsby was his alter ego that you know achieved all the success from obviously not the leg- uh, legal means mm-hmm. but you know finally achieved enough money to go and you know get daisy back well i in in all my years of studying uh, the great gatsby i've never heard such an amazing theory i i thought i would be um the intellectual one making uh, good observations <laughs> informed observations you know, on this book you know actually... and you do not <laughs> fail to surprise me cohen <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah, yeah wow no that's amazing that's amazing but yeah, what do we want to talk about the green light? Like, I think it's um, 
It, it's a must. I don't know if we're I jumping mean, into it too early, but uh, I think it's worth it because why not? Like, who I doesn't mean, want to know about the green light? Obviously, everyone knows the green light is something we keep looking back on. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what you think the green light symbolizes first. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll you know, say a quote from the book. Um, Definitely. <clears throat> this is what it says. He stretched out his arms towards the dark water in a curious way. A single green light, minute and far away. That, that's why wow that that actually rhymed but yeah. uh <laughs> i thought you was, I you saw you picked up a line from a poem i was like wait wait a minute <laughs> this, thing, this is not the great guy this is not the great yeah uh, um well i think of course the green light represents the american dream but the the, the american dream for gatsby is daisy because everything he does all the wealth, all the influence, opulence, all these extravagant parties are influenced by Daisy. Like he even says that, of course, he says that in the book, but also in the movie that all of this I did so that you would someday see and then, you know, come into one of the parties. Yeah. Here's, here's my theory, actually. I And this is, I've always like discussed this in all the essays that I've written, uh, but here's my theory um, about the green life, about the green light and about Gatsby being in love. I think, and this is like, I've really thought about this. Gatsby is in love with the idea of Daisy, not with Daisy herself. And what I mean, okay, so, like, uh, so what I mean, mean by that is yeah. that he is in, like, he always lives in the past. He, like, we see that again and again, right? And he's in this idea of a perfect Daisy that accepts him. And only him, because you know, even in the in in the book and also the movie, there was an intense scene where he says, like, you know, just say that I was the only person you loved. And Daisy says, I can't do that because I also love Tom. So he is in this idea of an like a perfect Daisy, and that is his American dream. That is his green light, and that is the reason, you know, what happened at the end of the book. <laughs> so, yeah, or or the exactly. movie, and which is really really sad and. Okay, so my theory on the green light mm-hmm. is that obviously the green light hangs at the end of Daisy's dock. Yes. And the and Gatsby bought his house in order to see it each night. And the green light most obviously symbolizes his unwavering love for Daisy. Yep. And but Gatsby is discounting the important distinction between wealth and class made by other characters in the book and in the movie, obviously. Right. Right. So I feel, you know, he's he just wants uh to get back what he thought he deserved, but he thought he uh Daisy did not deserve him because he did not have the wealth that other men in his society had because you know not a lot of men went to war, but he did serve in the war and we know that a lot of veterans when they came back home, mm-hmm. they couldn't make a good life for themselves because obviously the government did not compensate them as well you know well enough yeah. to have like a good life and he decided to go out uh into the world make a name for himself mm-hmm. make a uh get some money and then finally come but then that that's Daisy. also an important thing that uh i would like to say that in the book fitzgerald fitzgerald the author of the book evaluates the fact that america is a um <clears throat> A meritocracy, which means that a society that is governed by the people. And the whole concept mm-hmm. is that anyone can rise to the top. And we see that there are like so many people in the book and the movie that rise to the top. But the only problem is that 
in attaining the American dream, sometimes they have to compromise on their ethical standards. And that is like what we see with Jay Gatsby. He, that he hasn't necessarily gained all that money through doing what was right. Of course, he saved the original Gatsby's life, right? He saved the, yeah. the old guy who said, old sport. Old sport. <laughs> <laughs> he saved that guy's <laughs> life. Uh, but that did not get him any money because um, that guy's family, you know, duped him. Uh, but how he gets money supposedly is by running all these uh, illegal businesses, bootlegging is what was common in the 1920s. You know, this is based on, it's it's not based, like the characters are not based on true events, but the times were very similar where there was bootlegging, you know, alcohol was uh, not prohibited. So, yeah. And obviously, you know, I, I like the fact that, you know, I was always rooting for Gatsby even though I watched the movie a lot, I was like, nah, he's doing it, like, you know, through the right ways. Don't, co- don't, go- don't come for him, man. Don't come for my guy. I know, he's I just, know. He just, he just, uh, but then eventually they found out that, you know, it wasn't through, all, you know, all the right ways. Also, but, like, we yeah, always I, try to justify what Gatsby did because, like, I don't know, you, even, like, Nick Carraway himself represents it in, certain, in, in a certain way that at the beginning of the book, he says that all, all my judgment is reserved only for one person and that his name is Jake Gatsby. That's, like, literally the introduction. Um, yeah. And, like, it's so sad that we as readers also try to justify everything that he's done. But I think the means do not justify the ends like in every in every sense so like also the fact that he you know we get annoyed at tom because we're like oh he's promiscuous he's you know uh, spending time doing all these things with other women and then we're like oh gatsby would never and initially we even see that gatsby's very innocent and they just you know he He invites her to tea Literally, <laughs> that's a t- and tea is not a metaphor for anything, guys. <laughs> halfway through that, he just like ran outside the house. Exactly, and, and then we see them room. dancing, and that, it's like very sweet. But then at the same time, then like soon enough, like just in a week or two, we see that you know they're engaging they're in activities <laughs> <laughs> that in should not be done. Uh, we see there's exactly there's so much infidelity in the book, and that's why like lots of people are also very. Uh, nervous, anxious about like reading this book, or uh, yeah, I just you know I always I don't know if you rem- if you've watched both the movies, the Titanic and the Great Gatsby, like mm-hmm. together, right back to back. So I have uh, back then, and I remember the scene where um, you know he holds the glass, yeah, where Gatsby introduces yeah. him with the glass, and also at the dinner in- on the Titanic where he puts <laughs> up the glass. Oh yeah. And those scenes, like, back-to-back, and I was like, wait, can't... You know, as a kid, obviously, this what came to my mind, that The Great Gatsby was the sequel to The Titanic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that that would be a good (laughs) theory. That would make sense. Also, because um, they're kind of, like, parts of it are both set on the sea, if that makes sense. Like, where he meets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. On the dock. Also, the fact that he was a poor man before, because we've seen Titanic, he's not... He's, like, very poor. He was a poor man. No, I think for Titanic, I don't know whether this has come up before, Mm -hmm. but everyone says that he's a time traveler and he has come (laughs) from the future because the way he talks, the way he, you know, uh, addresses uh, the people on the boat, on on the ship, and... All of that's just way ahead of his era. Mm, okay. 
That's an interesting. But that's for another. That's, that's for, for another, another episode. That's another yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I just think there's like a lot of infidelity in the, infidelity in the book. Like, I mean, of course, we as Christian believe that that's not right, um, because it says, you know, Proverbs six thirty. You know, a bit of uh, biblical wisdom no, to everyone. Sherlock. Listening. <laughs> Proverbs six thirty. But a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. And I don't want to spoil the ending of the movie. But Gatsby does truly destroy himself and not a fault necessarily of his own. Right. But we see that mm-hmm. it does lead to his destruction. Yeah, we did see uh, what it drove him to 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 do and to into what situation he got mm-hmm. into, you know, that led him to not only boom, 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 da, 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 die. <laughs> but oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I mean, we're giving guys. It away. Okay, okay. The the movies come out ages ago. As as I say, (laughs) spoiler alert before. (laughs) (laughs) After. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, he, you know, set the entire thing that led to his death. And Mm -hmm. the I don't want to spoil like the the ending, because you know we know what happens at the end. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. But all that leads to his him you know holding on to this last string of hope exactly and that's also like of course we talked about the american dream or the light representing that but the light also represents his hope his lingering hope and he just cannot grasp on onto that and it's just uh it's very upsetting because that like we see the last scene that he's trying to grasp onto the green light so desperately but it's just do we want to break down the last scene in the movie yeah or in the book sure yeah okay so he's uh, he's at the pool Mm -hmm. Chilling, you know, having a nice. Well, that's uh, not the last last scene, but I mean, no, I was talking about talking the about one that. like after that where Nick goes to the, you know, no, no, bearded no. Nick. I'm talking goes about. Let's <laughs> let's yeah. yeah let's, so he gets so we know um he's waiting for a call from Daisy, after Daisy ran over, um who's mistress? What's his name? Uh, Myrtle Myrtle Wilson. Myrtle's yeah. Played by mistress. the beautiful Isla Fisher. So. Isla Fisher, yes. Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, wife, not uh, Cohen's wife. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all know. <laughs> um, Cohen does not have one. Yet. Uh, yet. In due time. Guys. In due time. <laughs> girls hit him up. Girls. <laughs> not guys. Girls hit him up. <laughs> like I said, guys, find me, girls. But I was like, <laughs> bring them all to me. <laughs> Anyways, back to the, you were saying, yeah. the waiting for yeah. a call waiting for a call and he wanted to get out of town with Daisy but a uh, little uh, as we all already know as if most of you have read the book or watched the movie uh, he gets shot in, in the back and falls into the pool mm-hmm. I remember uh, the irony of the pool because t- he said that he has never swam in the, never taken a swim in his own yes. pool yes yes and he finally did and he dies <laughs> in that pool <laughs> Floating, and and his butler picks up, and and the butler couldn't pick up the phone because you know there's this whole commotion going on right now, and uh, he does pick it up obviously, but then we find out that it's not Daisy, Mm -hmm. it's Nick Caraway. Nick Caraway, yes. My, you know, the worst part about it. Well, I'm I'm kind of happy that Gatsby at least dies thinking that it was Daisy. But my heart, yeah, my heart breaks at that moment. 
as we as cr- readers, always, as, as viewers of the I movie. Cry, like yeah. my heart, like I literally each time I watch the movie, I have tears in my eyes because like he died with that hope, that lingering hope when Daisy didn't even care. So yeah, yeah. just it breaks my heart. That was you know such an emotional scene. I I would say the most annoying thing about uh Harold Bloom's um assertion or argument mm-hmm. uh that the western society the western concept um of the human personality mm-hmm. was literally invented by none other than William Shakespeare. Yeah. And he kind of like took that out cuz you know someone's got to die in either <laughs> a William Shakespeare book oh, yeah. and now a Harold Bloom book, you know. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in this case it was not mutual at all uh daisy literally betrayed gatsby oh, yeah. and went away and gatsby died with the one thing in his mind that daisy loves him and called him that yeah. day it's just yeah i when i read the book the first time i did not expect it to be a tragedy like i really thought it would have i like i did, you I find did it not annoying? know that like what did you find was. it annoying i i thought it was satisfying as a piece of art of course it was it okay. was upsetting because you know we all really like Gatsby but I think it was satisfying in the sense that like no one expected it and I I like novels and and books um uh, which are satisfying in that way like it's very unexpected you know but what what did you think Yeah yeah I th- I think uh obviously I would agree that it was satisfying mm-hmm. that Gatsby died thinking it was Daisy who called him but i would also say that it's just so annoying that he spent so much time trying to win her back <laughs> to yeah. end up dying for a person who never called him yeah also he took like, the blame upon himself i mean of he course took the tom, blame upon himself. tom insisted that it was gatsby but that's like besides the fact that like he took the blame upon himself like bro the shorty killed him <laughs> i mean the shorty killed myrtle so if you Daisy was i don't the know one, if you like, since since you read a lot of books yeah um this is one thing I hope you would pick up on if you have read a uh, William Shakespeare book too. Yeah. Um most of it, most of the like co- uh, most of the concepts in the book are very homophobic. Not not homophobic. I would say um Shakespeare was gay. That's what a lot of people, you know, think mm. that he was because the way that he wrote these books yeah. uh had a lot of references to him being gay. And in this book, a lot of people thought Nick Carey was gay. Mm, yes that is that is a theory that i've come across and uh, i feel though that uh it's it's a little i think that no i think that the movie has shown it in such a way that he's such a loner and that kind of thing i think the book expands on it more in the sense that he has this fascination for jordan baker who's the golfer yeah they don't show it as well in the in the movie because of course like limitation of time but it's like more explicit in the book Exactly, and but nonetheless, the, you're uh, right. Lines. Nonetheless, you're right. Yeah, it, it's very, yeah, because he has this obsession not only for the golfer but for Jake Gatsby as <laughs> yes. well, and yes. and it's and it is very evident because he's, I was like, you know, the fact that even Jake Gatsby was just like standing in his garden yeah. at one point and he's like, oh, I'm just you know, yeah, yeah looking yeah. at the trees, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. then. And then him just like confused walking uh-huh. to his house and then looking through the window just to see he's still there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, 
I would feel the movie didn't do complete justice to everything in it because of obviously course. the limitation yeah. of time yeah. itself. Uh, no, but, but compared to like lots of other books, I think it was very well done. It was very well. Like, of course, Baz Luhrmann can never go long, wrong. Like, you've seen all of his other movies, yeah. Romeo and Juliet, of Obviously. course, with DiCaprio himself. He just he can't go wrong with the music, with the with everything. Um, I wanted to talk about this when because we're talking kind of uh, about the ending, and as we wrap up, um, what did you think about the fact that Nick overheard the conversation between Tom Buchanan and Daisy Buchanan, and he did not tell Gatsby about this? We like we got so annoyed while oh, watching the movie. Yeah, because all he thought of in that moment was to just tell him, because he was like, you know, washing his car, and he's like. I should just tell him right now. And yeah, and the, he, <laughs> we, the friend that we were watching with, he kept on saying like, "You're stupid, stupid." <laughs> tell I'll him. slap you, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I want to jump. In. He's like, I want to jump in the screen and just slap yeah. him right there. You know. <laughs> like, tell him. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, and I know that was the emotions that like probably all three of us felt. Uh, like most readers, yeah. viewers must be feeling. Uh, it was really annoying. Of course, it's all of that is because of uh, Nick Carraway's personality. As he mentions at the beginning mm. of the book, he says that father always told me to reserve my judgment, right? And to yeah. view the world as an observer rather than a participator. That's what he says at exactly. the beginning of the book. And like he does that in the fact that Tom cheats on Daisy with Myrtle. Of course, Daisy knows about this. But like instead mm. of being a good cousin and telling her what's going on, he just observes and is. And we also see that in the movie. Do you remember where he. Where everyone's drunk, there's a whole fight scene where Tom slaps uh, Myrtle on the face, and he's just looking outside, and we see another Nick Carraway on the street looking at him, and it just shows the, the fact that he's so in the moment, refers, but so out of it as well. He refers to, like, you know, observing all of this as the eyes of God. Well, yeah, that's Dr. T.J. Eckelberg in um, The Valley of Fascists, the poster of the um, eyes with glasses that we see. The eyes of glasses, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would say, yeah, that is more of the eyes of God. Nick was just an, an absolute idiot for not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, on the whole, on the whole, I would say it was um, it was a pretty amazing... Uh, book and movie um i want to i want to end the episode if you do do we have anything else else to discuss let's end the episode by rating the movie and the book and then i will end it with a with a quote on uh in the movie and the book so so uh, i'll go first uh i would give the movie a definite uh nine out of ten because it's obviously Mm -hmm. uh, how they adapted the book into a movie so definitely a nine out of ten and i'll give the book a 7 out of 10 okay. because I was so annoyed <laughs> <laughs> about a lot of stuff yeah. but definitely a really good book yeah. so yeah. a 7 out of 10 also it's American literature so it's um, it's understood <laughs> it's, it's not understood, it's yeah. not as solid as uh, British it's not literature so, it's not so deep exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah n- nonetheless good sophisticated language used I feel like Fitzgerald got I mean, it's just, it's a bit confusing for readers who do not enjoy sophisticated jargon, but uh, nonetheless, pretty good. Uh, I would rate the movie 8.5, 9 as well. Like, I would say it was very well made, probably like 9. The book, Mm -hmm. I would say around the same. I'd say like about 7.58. It was was Mm -hmm. well written. 
also with the context the, the historical context it was very it was well done um well done yeah so i really Let's enjoyed end the episode with the code it with the code um so that the was was at the end of the movie the very <clears throat> last code it says so we beat on boats against the current born back ceaselessly into the past Thank you. And see. And see. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Toby McGuire. Thank here. you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching this episode. We will be seeing Toby McGuire back again in Spider-Man mm-hmm. Far From mm-hmm. Home. Make sure to check in our other episodes out. Um we're going to be talking about um uh, I think um I don't know what we'll be talking about but make sure to check <laughs> that out later on. <laughs> Please DM us if future. you like this episode because both of us were really excited about this uh, also since it's a new yeah. segment and of course check out all our socials be, and support us in the best yeah, way you can. We will always be replying to DM so make sure to reach us out on um Brown Expats all our links and our socials will be tagged in this episode and on our uh, Instagram on our link tree. So thank you guys for watching. Uh let's roll the Patreon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Brown Expats Podcast. You can follow and listen to our podcast on your favorite apps including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube and many more platforms. You can of course search us up on all those platforms, but the links are included in our Instagram bio. It would also mean the world to us if you can support us on Patreon so that we can use the money that you give us to make the listening experience so much better for you and also to provide little insiders and membership advantages. The link to our Patreon is in our Instagram bio as well, but no pressure there. Keep enjoying and listening to our podcast. See you next time on Brown Expats.